you may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Tweet Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. If you'd like to comment, question, whatever you'd like, send it to our mailbag at letstalktorah at gmail.com. That's letstalktorah at gmail.com, and we will answer as many questions as possible. Well, um, you may have noticed from last week and even two weeks ago, we have changed our format, and we are moving on up. There we go. For those who are old enough to recognize that, but we are also moving on up. Our format has changed. You know, we've gone from Sunday afternoons to one show on Thursday, to two shows on Thursday, and now we're actually going to have one show on Tuesday and one show on Thursday. Both shows will be short and sweet, approximately 25 minutes each. Um, sometimes one show will be 20 minutes. We'll have an interview, might be 35 minutes, somewhere in that range, but short and sweet because that's what you guys like. And you want more of the show, and that is fantastic. And we, of course, here are all happy to help. So thank you to Andy for helping get that set up. And, of course, thank you to my wonderful listeners, my wonderful audience, for, um, for asking for and receiving um, our now new format, which will be 2 o'clock on Tuesday and Thursday. So it's 2 o'clock Tuesday and Thursday. Um, we'll have two different shows. And again, it's going to be all what we've been doing. Sometimes we'll talk Torah portions, sometimes we'll talk holiday, and often we'll bring some amazing guests, and we have some stuff coming up over the next couple weeks that are just fun. It will be fun. It will be different. We're going to pack in the studio with people one day in a couple weeks. We'll, uh, we'll talk about it. When we get there, we'll talk about it. Okay, so for today, my daughter sent me a fantastic story. I printed it out over here, so I may check on the story as I go along, but it's a story or a parable, if you'd like, with a lot of great lessons, and that's what I wanted to dive into. We're right after the Purim season, so I think the story is very apropos to Purim, which, by the way, reminds me, for those behind the glass, if you have not had your hamantaschen yet, um, and Alana saved any for you, there is still some hamantaschen in the kitchen. And that, of course, hamantaschen is that three-cornered pastry filled with, well, I like blueberries, apple, cherry. Um, but now they put everything in. You can get chocolate. You get prunes. I don't do the prunes. Um, but uh, anything you like, it's a, it's a fun holiday food that's usually around this time of year, around the Purim season. So uh, we brought some in there in the kitchen. I don't even know how many are left. Probably not too many. Okay. So here's the story. So person had a dream. He went up to heaven. And he's up in the heaven and he asks, uh, so you know, what do you guys do up here? All you angels. Like, are you busy? Like, what's happening? So the angel says, let me show you around. And he takes the man by the hand. And they walk and they come to a, a huge 
room filled with cubicles and paper and writing and noise and and people just hustling around and and uh, the angel says this room this room is the receiving section what does receiving section mean that whenever anybody on earth um, has any type of request to make of God. So he makes his prayer. God, can you help me with this? God, can you help me with that? And, and health and, and money and, and children and I maybe even winning uh, football games. You name it, whatever it is. This is the receiving section. And, and, and it was busy. It was hopping. And you could see petitions being written and there were long scrolls and short pieces of paper and big messages, small messages. Ooh, this room is really, whoa, amazing. I mean, he couldn't even see the end of that room. It was so big. Well, the angel says, let me take you to the next room. So they walked down the hallway. Oh, a- angel got a hamantash. Very good. You interrupted my story, but fantastic. Great. Enjoy that hamantash. Okay, big smile. Very good. Um, anyways... So um, the angel takes the man down down the long hallway, and another humongous room, busy, hopping, and the angel says, this is the packaging and delivery section. In other words, all the blessings that people have asked for, all the requests that God is going to be taken care of, and by the way, a lot of requests that people didn't even know they asked for, all that different stuff. This is the where the where we set up the deliveries, almost like an Amazon warehouse, but Amazon would pale in comparison in size. And this is where we take care of sending out all those requests that God has said no problem. Okay, wow, amazing. So the angel says, okay, now we got one more room. And they're walking down a long hallway. Look, we... Two huge warehouse size areas of, of angels. He gets to a room. And it's almost like a, like you have these in some offices, like a little cubby hole, sort of like a little door. Eh, one bored angel sitting behind a desk. And uh, the man says, What's this? So he says, uh, This is the acknowledgement section. In other words, um, after all the people made the requests and everybody or those who were answered, um, receive their blessing. Um, this is for all the people that sent in the acknowledgement, the thank you. And as you can see, it's uh, it's kind of quiet around here, the angel said. And, uh, I, you know, the story almost doesn't have to be finished. It, it almost speaks for itself. And the angel says, look, he says, uh, there's a lot of people that uh, they receive God's blessing. They receive all kinds of good stuff, and uh, they forget to say thank you. They're very good at asking, and they're very good at crying and requesting, and but they're not always so good at saying thank you. So the man says, well, how, how do you say thank you to God? So the angel says, the same way you say thank you to anybody else. You say, thank you, Hashem, or thank you, God. Um, by the way, as an aside, and this is not an advertisement, but um, I think it's from my friends. I saw there's a new website out there called T-Y-H Nation. Or Thank You Hashem. It's like Thank You God, but it's T-Y-H, Thank You Hashem, um, Nation.com. And they're, I think they're trying to create a momentum, but they're just a ground floor sort of this concept that whenever good happens, you got to say thank you. I mean, think about it. And I, I wrote this down. Did you know? That if you have food in your refrigerator, clothes on your back, a roof overhead, and a place to sleep, 
you are richer than 75% of the world. I know we live in America or all the other <laughs> numerous countries that people listen to me on. And again, if you're able to listen to me, you're from that wealthier part of the entire world, right? But we do take things for granted, right? In other words, we, we do have a lot, a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot, a lot of good that God is forever sending us, and uh, we take it for granted. So that doesn't count. Of course I have a car. Everybody has to have a car. Of course I have a place to live. Of course there's some food in my refrigerator. Whoever heard of an empty fridge? You know, the kids come home. They open the fridge. They close the fridge. They go to the pantry. There's nothing to eat around here. Nothing to eat. There's piles of food. Now, perhaps you don't like any of the choices. That's certainly possible. But food, food we all got. But not everybody has food. And that's something that we, we should think about sometimes, you know, even in school. And for schools, it's very important. Um, sometimes children come without snack. Now, sometimes it's laziness, or sometimes they forget lunch. Sometimes it's laziness. And sometimes there might not be snack in the home. And when there's not snack, how can you let a child go hungry? So whether the school has money or not, but there's always a supply of things. A child says to me, I didn't have breakfast. Usually it's laziness, but not always. Um, I say, okay, go to the rabbi. He's gonna, he has extra cereal for you. He has some milk for you. He has some snack for you. And again, I'm not doing it often, but I will always do it. Now, as any child that comes to me and says, I didn't eat breakfast, he's going out for breakfast. Child comes and says, I don't have snack. Send him to the office, get something to eat. Child doesn't have lunch. Again, we're not going to supply you with gourmet, but we might have matzah and peanut butter and cereal and those like potato chip bags. We're going to take care. No one can walk around hungry, certainly not children. Got to be thankful for that. For all of us that are able to have, you got to be thankful. So I continued writing, uh, if you have money in the bank, uh, in your wallet, and some spare change at home, believe it or not, you're among the top 8% of the world's wealthy. It's I'm not Bill Gates. I'm not Dan Gilbert. I'm not a billionaire. I'm not a millionaire. But you know what? It's okay. Sometimes we have to just focus. I got it good. I may not have it as, as great as my wealthy neighbor, but that's okay. And I'm not saying you shouldn't even want to be wealthy. Go ahead. Go for it. This is America. Land of the beautiful. I think that's what it says. All right, Golden Medina used to call it. But anyways, um, you could be wealthy. That's fine. But sometimes when you're not as wealthy as you would like to be, you still have it really, really good. And I think sometimes we, we don't pay attention to that. And by the way, um, if you're able to listen to me, that means you either own a computer or you have a a, a, a cell phone with a, a smartphone at least, and that makes you in the top 1% of the world. So you really, really have it very, very good. By the way, um, if you woke up this morning with more health and illness, then you're probably more blessed than many who will not survive the day. And if you've never experienced fear in battle, the loneliness of imprisonment, the agony of torture, or the pangs of starvation, you're ahead of 700 million people. That is unbelievable. And therefore, um, for today, the time that we have left, we are going to spend our time talking about prayer and making sure to thank God all the time. I, I mean, it's, it's a prayer when we wake up in the morning. That I thank you, God, that I woke up. I've told you this before. Um, every Rosh Hashanah, 
So we go around the table, and of course, uh, you know, my many of my children are married, and I thank God for that. And um, and, and everyone has to try to choose something, something small that they will work on during the year, something good. We, we don't look for major because, you know, you look for something too big, so two weeks later it's gone. So one of the things I like to do, and, and I continue to do it, is when I wake up in the morning, I, and I know I've talked about this before, I am a morning person, so when I wake up, when I get out of bed, I am alive. I, I mean, I'm always alive, but I am alive. And, and, I, and I sit up, not too fast, not too healthy to jump out of bed, but I sit up and I, and I thank God that he returned my soul to me and I'm alive and well, and I do that with an excitement. Now, again, I am not waking up the whole house just because I woke up. I'm up, you know, an hour or two before almost everybody else in the house. But it's an attitude. It's an attitude. Oh, this is a good rhyme. It is an attitude of gratitude. And it's something that's very, very important. It makes you a better person. And that's what we're going to spend um, our time with today. So let's take, it, uh, let's take it first things first. So we talked about that story. There were three rooms. There was the, the receiving area where all the prayers went up. And then there's going to be the, um, that other room where they send out all the uh, requests that have been accepted. And then, of course, there's the last room where there's the thank you room. Okay. So let's take it first, right? Our prayers are received. Think about that for a second. Just that concept that when I pray, God hears my prayer does not mean God has to say yes but it does mean that God is listening. If you knew that you had the opportunity to talk to someone and the person and an important person, pick any important person you want, a business person, boss, rabbi, clergy, president, senator, king, everything depends where you live in the world. If you knew that whenever you wanted, now you might not get a yes, but you at least had the opportunity to ask, that is amazing. The fact that my prayers are received, that alone is an amazing concept, that I can pray and God is listening. You know, some of our children sometimes uh, would like to believe that whenever they ask our parents something, that our parents are actually listening. And I myself, sometimes we're busy. We got two or three things happening at once, and a child comes, wants to tell you what happened in school, wants to ask you a question. And, and hopefully in my house, I'm not so good at it always, but hopefully we work on it. Then when my child comes to me, or spouse, now my wife is better at that, she says, are you paying attention? Could you put down your phone? I need you to focus. It's okay, no problem. And I focus. I even had yesterday with, my son called me up. He had a question about something, and I was really busy in my office. But, you know, the kids call, you pick up the phone. I actually called him back about two hours later. And I said, my dear son, I actually said his name, Menachem. I said, you know, I wasn't really focused on you when you called, I, I know what you said, but I wasn't focused. So can we rehash? Can we go over what you wanted to talk to me about? Because now I have time to focus. So God is focused on your prayer. He receives it. He may not say yes. He may not give you exactly what you asked for. Um, he may not give it to you in a way that you want to receive it. But God is listening. And that is an amazing concept. And something that's, that's, that's beautiful, that we know when we pray, God is listening. Now, by the way, um, a friend of mine showed me um, 
two days ago, I think. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. We, we talk all the time, Torah, and, and yes, I've studied for many years, and I have a lot of knowledge, but the beauty in study is I'm always studying. I'm always learning new things. I'm always having friends share with me something they saw, and I share with them something I saw. So it's always either new knowledge or something you forgot about. So I can always share with you new stuff. Because there's always new things that I'm picking up, or at least it's new because I forgot it like 10 times. But in any case, this actually wasn't new knowledge, but it was something I hadn't thought about for a while. And that is the idea of praying for a miracle. Now, as the Talmud says, you're not supposed to pray for a miracle. However, the Talmud also mentions that the, the patriarchs and the matriarchs did pray for miracles, and they were answered. So you see... The power of prayer is so amazing that you can ask God to change nature. Now, I just wanted to show you how powerful prayer is. But in truth, we do not really ask for miracles because then we're going to be disappointed when we're, when we're never going to get answered because for the most part, um, you are not being answered when you pray for a miracle. Changing nature is not something that's happening too often. But prayer has that power. And when more people are praying, it has even more power. So I just wanted to, to point that out. Um, interesting, another way that prayer has power is uh, if a person is praying and he's suffering, which we never want someone to suffer, but I actually just taught this to my class. A boy asked me a question. It says uh, that God saw, uh, he heard, it says, the size of the Jewish people from their work, and he heard their cries and their cries from their hard work. So a boy in class asked me, why does it have to say from their work twice in the same verse? So there's a lot of answers to that question, and I did relook it up this morning because he asked it in class, and I didn't have the answer on my fingertips that I wanted. But the answer I gave to that boy this morning was that, that the prayer, prayer that comes from a person who is suffering is much more powerful. The Jewish people were suffering and praying. That's a powerful prayer. God is ready to take the Jewish people out of the uh, out of Egypt. Ishmael is suffering, he's starving, he's he's sick and he's praying. His prayer is more powerful than his mother's prayer because prayer from suffering you should just know and we never want anyone to suffer, but when a person is in a situation and they pray that is powerful. Okay. Now, this I keep saying over and over again, and I, I just wanted to be clear. God allows me to ask for anything, whenever I want, but God could say no. As a parent, uh, my, my children also could ask me for anything, and I could say no. And you could go to your boss, and you could ask for anything, and your boss could say no. It doesn't mean that the person is bad or God is bad because he didn't give you what you asked for. First, you need to know the fact that you could have the conversation is amazing. But God has his plans. Just like parents and children, the child wants everything. So it doesn't make the parent bad for not giving the child everything the child wants. Hopefully the parents are intelligent enough to know that this is good for you, this is not good for you, this I could afford, this I can't afford, this you're going to have to wait for. You don't get it the second you ask for it. So that's all part of, uh, of, uh, of receiving. That, that's that, 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 that room we talked about where all those angels were, that Amazon warehouse sending out all those uh, good packages. 
Sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. But it doesn't take away from the, pa- from the fact that we can pray and ask for stuff. Okay, let's get into room three. So do we say thank you? So, um, so it's interesting, by the way. Like, you think God wants my thank you? You think God needs my thank you? Like, we said a whole very, very nice parable, very nice story. But at the end of the day, I can hear people saying, God could care less about my thank you. And that's not true. Let me tell you why that's not true. First of all, you see in our daily prayers, for those that, look, there's all kinds of prayers. Prayers saying, God, please help me get to the office on time, right? We, we pray, that's a prayer. We pray all the time, right? So if you got all the green lights or you got that parking spot, so can you say, thank you, God? You got me into the office meeting on time. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, but in the, in the Jewish prayers, the setup of what's called the Amida or the Shemona Esrei, so the first three prayers are, God is great, and all the praises on God. Then there's a middle um, 13 blessings for my personal requests. Intelligence, uh, returning to God, um, food, health, um, forgiveness, um, the Messiah. That's all personal requests. Then the last three blessings are really thank you blessings. The fact that I can stand here three times a day with a full set of prayers and God is listening, I say thank you to that. So really our whole prayer system is set up with such a system. So you see, if the rabbis understood that that's how we want to pray, so they understood this is what's, again, God doesn't need my prayer. God doesn't need my asking. But what God wants is that I should be close to him. God wants that I should have a relationship. How do you make a relationship with somebody? Look, I I teach children. I fundraise. I meet people all the time. Relationships happen when we have conversations. Relationships happen when there's a give and take. So God allows me to create a relationship. How do I create the relationship? By praying, by talking to him, and by thanking God for giving me the opportunity to talk to him. Right? Anybody that would go in front of a president, you go in front of a judge, it's pretty normal language. Thank you for the opportunity for allowing me to talk to you. Okay? So I got to do the same with God because God wants me to build a relationship. How do I build that relationship? Well, you need to say thank you. So God doesn't need my thank you. I need my thank you. And this is something we've discussed numerous times. Some quick examples. Um, We got coming up, we got the Passover holiday and we got the plagues. So Moses doesn't do the first three plagues. Right? He doesn't hit the water to bring the blood. He doesn't hit the water or raise a stick over the water to bring out the frogs. And he doesn't hit the sand to bring out the lice and the bugs. Why? Because Moses was saved in the water. The water didn't flood his basket and drown him. Moses hid the Egyptian that he killed um, so the sand protected him. So again, we drink water. We go swimming in water. We walk on the ground, Right? You can't, what am I supposed to do? I can't can't walk on the ground because the ground holds me up? That's ridiculous. But to bring a plague through the things that protected Moses would make, would be a problem in Moses. What kind of person would Moses be if, if he could bring a plague through, through, again, through the water, through the sand? What kind of person would he be? We, um, I recently had recently the Talmud, 
where um, where Rabbi Akiva is um, is protected by he thought he was supposed to go to a town and nobody let him in the town and uh, he sleeps overnight in a tree and his fire goes out and his rooster is eaten and his uh, and his donkey is killed and then an army passes right underneath him he says thank you God right I thought I knew what was best for me I thought I knew but really I didn't know what was best for me God knew what was best for me so Rabbi Akiva understood to say thank you one more quick story a rabbi uh, said that uh, people are always good at coming to him and saying, Rabbi, pray for this sick person, pray for that sick person, help me, I need this. And the rabbi says, you know, they always come to me when they have problems, but they never call me back to say, what happened? That's part of appreciation, of gratitude, of thank you. And thank you, Hashem. Thank you, God, for another amazing, wonderful show. My music is playing. I hope you enjoyed it short and sweet. Thank you to all our wonderful sponsors and listeners. I couldn't do without you. Thank you to my wonderful production team. We have Kelsey, Angel, Andy. I hope I've left you some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NRM Streamcast. And until next time, don't forget to think about it. Say hello, say goodbye. Tag it alone,